The NFL Scouting Combine has come and passed, and it is now time for me and Connor and the Locked on Sun Devils podcast to break down all the good news and all the news in general that happened with Arizona State Sun Devils football prospects. You are listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. You are Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. My name is Richie Bradshaw. I will be one of your guides through everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Joined always by my good friend and co-guide, Connor Drios. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, myself at RichieBrads36, Connor at C Drios. Follow the Locked on Sun Devils Twitter page while you're there as well, at LO underscore Sun Devils. Speaking of which... Make sure that you are subscribed and following the podcast wherever you get your podcasts because we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, which includes but isn't limited to Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And if you would like to see us in person, you can go ahead and follow us on YouTube as well. Like I said, make sure to subscribe, follow, like, share, five-star review, all that good stuff. And of course, this episode of the Locked on Sunables podcast is brought to you by Run Your Pool. March Madness is here, and Run Your Pool has a better way to create your bracket. RunYourPool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. All right, Connor, without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into this. We're going to start off with the one of the mascots of the Arizona State Sun Devils football team this past year, as well as one of the best, if not the best prospect that Arizona State has coming in, and that would be Rashad White in front of the podcast. Connor, break it down for me. Uh, how many mascots can somebody have? Um, well, we're doing a Mount Rushmore, and we have Rashad White, Darian Butler, DJ Horn, and I am nominating Marion Jackson to be the fourth. All right, interesting. I'll choice. tell you who it's not. It's not Jaden Daniels. Okay, well, we're not hurt over that at all. Let's talk a little bit about Rashad White. <laughs> now, I'm going to give just a, a bit away. There wasn't one Sun Devil that seriously it felt like just blew the doors in terms of how they perform, right? Like maybe the interviews went really well, uh, but overall, like Rashad White had a very solid performance, right? As far as his 40-yard dash goes, was more so middle of the pack. Uh, I want to say he was in like the four fives as I'm scrolling for it here. Sorry, he was a, a four four eight. A so four four eight official. For what he's, uh, he, I want to say he's, he measured in at like six foot, about two fifteen ish. So four four eight for speed, not necessarily being his game. Very solid performance. Right, like if he did any better than that, that's a huge win, but certainly did not lose any credibility off that 40-yard dash. Uh, at the end of the day, it, it's it's not that it's not important, but there is track speed and then there is game speed. We have constantly talked about Rashad White having that burst to go with his size. Uh, so his result in, in terms of the 40-yard dash, in my opinion, uh, was definitely a plus for him. Um, now, as far as other running backs go, if you're looking at the other events like bench and vertical, uh, bench, I don't think hardly any of the running backs did. But in terms of the vertical, Rashad White was third, uh, only behind, in my opinion, one of the more notable running backs, Brees Hall, who had a 40-inch vert compared to Rashad White's 38, uh, only behind also Kevin Harris at 38 and a half. So uh, the verticals in your broad jumps, you're also showing explosiveness, right? That's exactly what it's for. Yep. It, it, right. So for Rashad White to test very well here, again, also not losing anything from running uh, the 40-yard dash. That was a great result for him. 
Now in terms of his broad jump, uh, he was fifth at 10, uh, 10 feet, five inches. Uh, again, behind uh, guys like uh, Brees Hall and then also a Zamir White in there. So in terms of like overall competition for Rashad, didn't really lose to anybody per se, short of like a, a Brees Hall who a lot of people think that will go ahead of Rashad White in the upcoming draft. But Rashad White did not lose uh, any money after going through this week, in my opinion. No, not at all. I don't think he lost any money, but I also don't know if he necessarily gained any money. He kind of sure. was right where we expected him to be. I don't think any of us believe that Rashad White was some otherworldly, like naturally, not not naturally talented, but like this exuberant kind of talent, like this this unicorn kind of guy. Exuberant. I know, right? That's some like not, word of the day toilet paper or that yeah, that's exactly what it is. It it was right next to Right next to my uh, right, right next to my phone when I got up and I had that word of the day app going. Yeah, that's me. So, but anyways, it's called Wordle. There you go. I hate that app and I will never download it. Stop tweeting about it. It's not. It's not quirky. It's annoying. But anyways, that's a hot take for another time. <laughs> Are we still live? Well, we better be. So. <laughs> Rashad White is not like this unicorn kind of athlete, but he is very well built all around. I think that that size six foot two fourteen is a good size for him. Almost ten inch hands and a little over thirty one inch arms, so he is a really long and lanky built uh, running back. the The speed is probably right around what we thought a four four eight. He's not. He's definitely not beating you in track speed. That's for sure, but. He is one of those long striders, which is something that we knew a lot about. So scrolling down on his combine page, because Connor went ahead and gave you all the numbers, I'm just going to real quick run through the analysis that's provided here by Lance Zerline. I am just going to give you the cliff notes. So essentially what he said is that even though he has size and senior year production, the tape is more average than exciting. And I would have to disagree there, but maybe it's because I got my rose colored glasses on. Um, says that he has a tendency to be slowed or stopped at the first level uh, with the tacklers, but is a more natural runner when he gets to the second level. And I would agree there is once he gets to that next level, I I would say he definitely has those ball carrier moves to make guys miss and look silly in space. Uh, talks about, this is an in interesting comment. He fails to show enough creativity to escape the quote, get what is blocked tag, but he does run with adequate quote unquote adequate vision is lack of breakaway speed. And the interesting limited special teams background, even though he was a return man, but okay. Won't help I mean, his chances. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, like the analysis for these people, uh, and I, I shouldn't say these people's their lines, a, a huge name in the NFL space, but part of it is subjective. Right. Generally, you're looking for these specific traits. And honestly, if two people are watching the same tape, they may not see the exact same thing. Oh, totally. So at, at the end of the day, like I, I don't think Rashad White is closer to average, nor do I think he's necessarily an NFL superstar just in the making. I certainly think his floor and ceiling are, are in a good place. Uh, but how how coachable is he going to be? Right. How do his interviews go moving forward? Uh, so those are, are definitely things to consider with Rashad. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on from Rashad, we're going to go ahead now and switch over to Kellen Deesh. Kellen Deesh, actually the highest graded prospect for Arizona State. For what it's worth, he came in at a 5.95, which is an average backup or special teamer. And 
I got news for you. Kellen Deesh may be a freak athlete, but he's not going to be a special teamer. Connor, give me the numbers. Dude absolutely dominated. And he's one of the guys that I highlighted. I don't know if it was probably, it was probably last week, maybe early last week. We talked about players we thought would be able to make the most money during this week at the combine. He was one of the guys that I highlighted specifically for the fact that this was a very deep tackle class. Uh, so for him to still be considered one of the better tackles in a deep class was not necessarily a bad thing. It was just how can he separate himself uh, this week going into the combine? So now I, I will always question, don't necessarily know how it always pertains, uh, but the 40-yard dash for an offensive lineman, Kellenjish was second. He was literally 0 .01 off uh, being tied for first out of all the offensive linemen. That includes tackles, guard, and centers. Uh, so Kellenjish absolutely showed out in the 40-yard dash. Um, now his vertical, vertical, he was also third at 32.5. Again, only uh, an inch behind uh, a guard from UCLA who is 33.5. And his broad jump, not necessarily as impressive. Uh, I had to scroll down just a little bit to find him here, coming in at nine foot two inches. Uh, but at the same time, um, Cole Strange from Tennessee Chattanooga uh, set the, the pace at 10 feet exactly. So not like it was this huge sizable gap and nor do I think that the broad jump necessarily is going to hurt Kellen Deesh, but in terms of his overall athleticism, that was totally on display this last week at the combine. And I definitely think Deesh will move up the boards at least a little bit. I would agree with you. So uh, speaking on that, on that 40 time real quick that you had brought up, not only did he have a really fast 40 time, but it was a really fast 40 time for all, all offensive linemen in general. Four eight nine Connor for a yep. three hundred and one pound six foot seven inch monster. I mean that that's a outstanding time for a dude that's as built as Kellen Deesh is. So all of that just proves what we already knew, and that's that Kellen Deesh is definitely an athlete at the position. Her Lance Zerline here again, kind of running through his overview of the players. Deesh shocker here, highly athletic with initial quickness and fluidity to stand out on reach blocks, second-level cutoffs, and long pulls in space. Again, this is all stuff that we were accustomed to seeing last year because he is such a good such a good run blocker in a run-heavy scheme. But it, it's all that athleticism, Connor. But he goes to point out, again, some, something that we could kind of see here is uh, there's, there's not a lot of strength to his game to generate movement as a drive blocker. And I think that that's totally fair because I don't think any of us view Kellen Deesh as this monster like Superman kind of guy. And coincidentally, he didn't do the bench press. So I don't know if that was maybe his agent getting in his ear or maybe his muscles were a little tight or he just didn't want oh, to do it. Oh, but my arm. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I drank too much water. <laughs> but I, I mean, that's one of the big things that is coming down on him, uh, not just from Lance Zerline and NFL.com, but seemingly from a lot of NFL circles as well is talking about how, man, maybe this guy doesn't, necessarily have the proper proper strength to truly be an anchor at the left tackle position so with that being said uh we're going to go ahead and take a quick break here but when we come back we're going to go ahead and continue talking about nfl prospects for arizona state at the combine this is the locked on sunnivals podcast guys if you're like richie and i we absolutely love March Madness. We love setting up our brackets, but this year we're going to be doing a little bit of betting. And if you're wondering where you can go for that, you guys can choose Stat Hero. Stat Hero is NCAA's single game pick 'em pits the star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. 
Take control back from all those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage and start focusing on the players you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. Stat Hero gives you the advantage resulting in their gamers uh, winning four times more often. Why? Because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you're going up against. In addition to their pick'em games, they have also have dozens of lineups you can comb through and sit, uh, to take on head-to-head. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with a set of players you choose. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. The simple game, uh, simple sleek gameplay will have you playing in minutes. This is what daily fantasy was meant to be. So sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code uh, match uh, for 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Again, using that promo code for 100% deposit match, stathero.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. And again, thank you guys so much for making the Locked on Sun Devils podcast your first listen every day. Make sure that you checked out Lock, Locked on Bracket Breakdown, March 14th, right here on the Locked on Podcast feed and YouTube channel. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling give you an in-depth breakdown on every matchup. Connor, we talked about the top two Arizona State prospects in the in the in the uh, in, uh, NFL scouting combine. Goodness, get it out, Richie. We're going to go ahead and continue this time. Moving on to center Donovan West. Connor, give me that breakdown. Yeah, so here's where it gets interesting. So Donovan West did not test very well, but at the same time, a lot of people might tell you that West may even be a better prospect potentially than Deesh, but obviously tackle very deep tackle class compared to center where there might not be as much depth. So uh, once you kind of put players in the tiers, is he necessarily better? Not really for us to say. We're not necessarily talent evaluators. But uh, in terms of the 40-yard dash where Deesh almost set the pace for all offensive linemen, Wes was the total opposite. Uh, He was more so even below middle of the pack. Uh, Trying to find him here. Donovan West had a uh, 5-2-7-40 time. Uh, again, do teams truly, truly love the 40 for a center? Maybe, right? Like you don't necessarily see these players getting 40 yards down the field, but it's really more so the first five to 10 yards um, if they need to block downfield a little bit. But definitely a number of people are going to look and compare uh, Donovan West to other offensive linemen against. Uh, in terms of his vertical, um, sorry, this is vertical uh, was that 20 look. inch or 28 is what I meant to say. 28 inch. 28 inches, uh, again, very middle of the pack. He might have been a little above average there, but uh, not necessarily anything to write home about. His broad jump, however, uh, was at least a little bit better. He was uh, essentially, he was good for six out of all the offensive linemen. So at least showing him athletic ability there coming in at nine uh, nine feet, four inches. Uh, so really that was kind of the only place that he was able to shine in terms of his events. Now, maybe some of the other events that he had gone through that didn't necessarily have a uh, score associated to it, or at least with something that other teams had wrote down, maybe that was a benefit to West. But if we consider what West um, had essentially performed throughout this week, we may not think he was necessarily one of the, the better center prospects. So I will at least say this is the underwear Olympics for a reason. It does matter, but I, I think it, it matters a little bit more depending on who you're talking to. I would agree with you. So it's so funny throughout the off season, we've seen some, some, People very, very high on Donovan West in this draft class, particularly Mel Kuyper, who had him as his number two center in this class. 
I don't know if he did enough to really solidify that spot, but let me just read you the profile again. Berlin Zerline, undersized center prospect with strengths and weaknesses that could match him with an inside-outside zone offense. I want to put emphasis on the undersized because he definitely is not the biggest guy in the world. 6'3 is good height, but he is under 300 pounds. And that's that you want to see him bulk up a little bit. And it's not that he can't, it's just that's been his playing weight. So it's it's a matter of would he be comfortable enough getting too big or does he get a little more sluggish? So they do point out that he does offer guard and center flexibility because he has played at both those positions. However, uh, per Zerline here, and I absolutely love this term, he's better suited to pivot. In other words, he doesn't want him to kick out the way that you would have your guards and your tackles play. Instead, you allow you allow him to kind of pivot in the middle and figure out assignments. And he is smart enough to figure out where the blitz is going to come from. And that's something that he points out here too, is that he is a very smart prospect as a whole. So Donovan West was there. Next up, Curtis Hodges. Cur Curtis Hodges, kind of the surprise addition to the, to the NFL scouting combine, if we're being completely honest. But Connor, how did he end up testing? So, so up and down, man. Very up and down for West. Or, uh, Curtis Hodges, Hodges. excuse me. 40-yard dash, he was second to last, uh, posting a 4.85. Uh, bench press did not participate. His vertical, however, was very solid, coming in at third at 34 and a half inches. Broad jump again towards the very bottom. Uh, well, I should say more middle of the pack there. He was at 9 foot 9 inches there. Uh, but again, for as far as tight ends go, very middle of the pack. Three-cone drill, um, he was second to last at 7.14. And then 20-yard uh, shuttle did much better there. So... At the end of the day, did not test consistently well. Shows that he's at least a decent athlete, but not necessarily this dominant dominant player at the position. So I think a lot of it's going to come down to how well can he block and understand his assignments going to an NFL team. And just because he's at the, uh, the NFL Combine, certainly not a guarantee to get drafted. He was solid with his time at Arizona State. So if he does get drafted, I, I'm not going to say I'm surprised. But at the same time, if... He goes through the, the combine and not necessarily perform well. If it doesn't get better by his pro day, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him not get drafted either. I wouldn't be surprised either. So let me make something very clear for maybe a casual fan or someone who's really just starting to get into football because there's plenty of you guys out there. Going to the scouting combine does not guarantee you get drafted. So Curtis Hodges going to the combine, we're super happy for him. And it's exciting for us as fans to sit there and we're like, wow, like, an NFL team actually noticed Curtis Hodges. Like, that's that's really cool. But, I, I mean, other guys like Merlin Robertson didn't get invited to the Combine. And um, Tyler Johnson didn't get invited to the Combine. So, it's not the end-all, be-all. We're very happy for Hodges. It was just a surprise because he had such an up-and-down season and career with Arizona State. But for Lance Zerline. First of all, before we even get started, dude, he's massive. He came in at 6'8", almost 260 pounds. So if if you're looking for like size, like box out ability, that's your guy. But Zerline here says, pass catching tight end with intriguing blend of length and athleticism. His failure to live up to his potential at Arizona State was partially due to a slew of nagging injuries that kept him off the field. He's a legitimate seam threat with open field separation and an expansive catch radius when he catches the football. But we'll need to improve wow. as a route runner and blocker. So 
it's mainly kind of coming down to the injury history, which I understand to a certain extent, but at the same time, you do want to like your best ability is your availability. And if you can't be on the field, then I don't know why we would, we would put a lot of stock into you. I think Hodges is definitely someone that I've started to come more around on because of the athletic upside and the potential there, but he's still, he, he still does scare me a bit as a prospect. Let's get into one more before we head into our last break. And that would be DJ Davidson, a guy who has really picked up steam lately as a prospect, pretty much from the end of November, DJ Davidson really started to become like, not, not a household name, but a name that has been very intrigued, intriguing and like just constantly around draft circles. But Connor, go ahead and give me the breakdown for DJ Davidson now. Yeah, pretty similar to uh, Rashad White. Did not necessarily lose himself any money, uh, but didn't exactly test incredibly well uh, in just about anything. He did not participate in the 40-yard dash, which, first of all, really quick sidebar. I, I don't care what he was going to run. He was not going to be Devontae Wyatt or Jordan Davis in all likelihood. Those dudes were moving, absolutely moving for how huge they were. So And they played very, together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's scary, man. <laughs> Uh, good thing that they didn't lose the uh, the national championship because people would be very confused watching these guys uh, show their athleticism. Just a uh, sidebar with that. We, in 20 years, when our kids are asking us about some of the best defenses ever, we're going to highlight that defense. And I have a feeling that quite a few of these guys are going to be studs in the pros and they're just going to be like, Dad, those guys all play together. And we're going to be like, oh, uh, yeah, those guys all play together. No, definitely. But then, uh, this ben- isn't locked on Bulldogs. Bench press, uh, only three defensive tackles participated overall uh, for one reason or another. And he was third, with, uh, or I should say second of the three with 23 reps. So Woo. not really a whole lot to do with that information there. Vertical was uh, just slightly below average at 28 inches. I don't believe he participated in the, the broad jump. I'm double checking that right did now. Not. He did, did not. not uh, but then as far as the three cone and then uh, 20 yard shuttle, I did much better than those. But again, three cone, only five defensive tackles participated overall, came in at third. Uh, so take that for, for what it's worth with a grain of salt. And then same thing for the 20-yard dash, came fourth out of, uh, yeah, it was fourth out of seven. Uh, and then nobody participated in the 60-yard shuttle as a defensive tackle. So it, it, in my opinion, it, it came down to interviews for him. So as long as he interviewed well with his teams uh, that talked to him this week, he made himself some money. I would say so. Like it, it again, it's like he didn't gain much ground, but he definitely didn't lose any ground going to the combine. So per Lance Zerline here, this is really like probably the most accurate that I've seen yet is this is just spot on gap stuffing nose tackle who plays with good strength to disrupt blocking from guard to guard, but he's an early down run defender only with just limited pass rushing upside plays bulky and has a powerful base to absorb double teams and with relative success has the upper body strength to beat a single block. I think all that is pretty much like spot on for what we saw out of DJ Davidson. For what it's worth, this isn't down there, but we can always highlight that Davidson helped to keep his teammates' jerseys clean. Like, it's not a surprise that uh, that that uh, uh, Kyle Soley and Merlin Robertson and Darian Butler and Connor Soley and Eric Gentry were all able to have really good success against a run game. Part of that is because Davidson was so good at just eating up blocks. And any team that's looking for a true nose tackle is going to be very happy with the kind of guy that Davidson is. So with that being said, we're going to go ahead and enter our final break. When we return, we're going to close out with the final three Arizona State players who were at the scouting combine. But first, a quick word from some of our sponsors. 
March Madness is less than a week away, and that means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your bracket. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just totally spaced out. You need to think about now where you're going to be running your bracket this year. Are you going for the usual or are you going for the best? We've done our homework here, and we're running our brackets with RunYourPool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor or Pick X. They have options to edit scoring, and they offer more intel to make your picks. All stuff you won't find at ESPN or CBS. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can help take some of that, ma that madness magic and play alongside your employees or even gain customers. Plus, they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest three-minute setups you'll find. Clearly, we believe in Run Your Pool because, like I said, we're running our brackets there ourselves, and there's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize, join us at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. That's runyourpool.com slash locked on for your chance to win a cash prize. We look forward to seeing and beating you there. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired head coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. All right, yeah, come for the Locked On Sun Devils podcast and stay for Richie Bradshaw butchering his, butchering his ads. Oh my goodness, and I butchering should, this, this yeah, segment, and butchering right? the word butcher. Goodness gracious, I should just probably roll it up while I can. But in the meantime, we're going to go ahead and talk about the the mascot for the Locked On Sun Devils podcast, Darian Butler. Connor, break down Butler for me. He didn't do anything. Next player. Oh. Uh, so Darian Butler didn't necessarily participate in a whole lot. I'm not – I'm unsure as uh, of why that is for now. I don't know if that was due to potentially uh, an injury. Uh, but the only thing he participated in, to my knowledge, it looks like was the three-cone drill uh, and came in dead last out of like seven or eight linebackers that participated in it. So not necessarily a very good look. Um, now, again, maybe there were other drills he participated in without necessarily a score uh, associated to it. Uh, more looking at maybe his reaction time reflexes on the field, uh, participating in some drills that way. So he could have still potentially done that, but did it essentially showed up to the combine, to my knowledge, to really interview with teams more than anything else. Yeah, he really didn't do that much at the combine. And unfortunately, he did not come in very good for length measurables at just five foot ten. He did give himself a stocky 221, 221 pound build, but Connor, that five foot ten is gonna be something that teams definitely take notice of, unfortunately. Now, don't get me wrong, there are guys who find a way to outshine those sizes. I mean, the great London Fletcher was like five foot ten or something like that. And Denzel Perryman just made the Pro Bowl sitting at five foot ten as well. So let's not sit here and pretend like Darian Butler being shorter than six foot or five eleven is a death sentence for his career. He definitely still has that upside that we've seen to be a difference maker in the league. Now, per Lance Zerling, 
Butler trimmed down and became a faster, more impactful player with increased range and better coverage. Nailed it. Just right off the bat, nailed it. That's exactly what we saw. Three-time captain, heart and soul of his defense, and flies around looking to make a hit. Now, what he did say is he's inconsistent in diagnosing the play. And the big thing here is he lacks the length and poise stymie to finish to, eh, excuse me, poise stymie his finishing rate as a tackler. But his toughness, cover talent, and potential to help on special teams gives him a good shot to make a squad despite his physical traits. So, Connor, I'm not going to lie. What I'm looking at here is we talk about he's just too small. And if that's the case, then shame on you guys because you should measure a player by the size of their heart and the size of their passion, not so much how big they are. Because when you have a player like Darian Butler, who's as great as he is, you got yourself a ball player. Now, I'll go ahead and go on record here. Just because I saw all of that, Butler's going to make a team, and he's going to be a difference maker. He should be drafted, okay? I saw Darian Butler play this year. We've seen Darian Butler play before. Four-year starter, three-time captain. Connor, this dude is a leader. He's a ball player. He's a difference maker. If the biggest gripe is his size, then sleep on him. Make that mistake. Go ahead. Make my day. We'll, we'll see where that goes. Um, I, I think you and I can both agree, even if you're a difference maker in college, it's not guaranteed anything at the next level. But we'll, we'll see kind of where his stock trends uh, come towards the end of April. Here's what I'll tell you. Like, this is kind of scary to think about. Does he not remind you of Scooby Wright? Uh, Scooby, I, I think, was a little bit more notable coming out of college, if I remember correctly. Yes, but Scooby was also undrafted and never made it to the pros. But a lot of that was not so much his height because he was hey, a smaller dude. He was on Cleveland's practice squad, I think. And maybe even he the was Cardinals with Arizona. He was with the Cardinals at some point, too. His thing was the injuries. He couldn't stay healthy. So, all right, let's go ahead. Let's get to another one of our favorite players. He's personally, after Rashad White, this is my favorite. No, I, I forgot about Darian Butler. This is my third favorite ASU prospect in the NFL draft this year. It is Jack Jones. Connor, break down Jack Jones for me because, first of all, right off the bat, there is a number that really sticks out to me here. Yeah, not an overall great week for him. Uh, coming in at six foot, I'm assuming that's the number that you're talking about, which is 5'11, but yes, he came in at 5'11. He, he came in taller than 5'9. I was going to say, it's a little bit taller than I think we were expecting, which at the end of the day, good for him. That doesn't mean I think that all these uh, uh, combine measurements are necessarily accurate, but it's the most up-to-date information, right? They do this every single year. You can't think it's that wrong, but sometimes they are. But regardless, as far as his 40 time goes, um, not anything notable there. Came in at a 4-5-1. Uh, he kind of seems like a little bit more of a slot corner, so the fact that he wasn't that fast, not, uh, not necessarily a, a huge detriment per se. Did not participate in the bench. Uh, now, as far as his vertical and broad jump goes, um, it looks like I think only Chase Lucas, if I remember correctly, participated in the vertical. Uh, but mm -hmm. I think Jack Jones did participate in the broad jump, if I remember correctly. He does not. Nope. He did not do anything except the 40 time. Okay, gotcha. So, uh, again, maybe one of those things where hopefully he interviewed well because Richie from, uh, from the East-West Triangle did not necessarily have the most glowing week there. To have another NFL event and not in, essentially shine uh, at the uh, NFL Combine, you might be taking some steps backward in, in, uh, on teams' draft boards. Now, we don't necessarily have access to that. We're not reporting that. 
it's just if he can't do anything necessarily on the field to show teams what he's capable of, um, not a good look for him so far. Yeah, it, like I said, going into this week, I think the biggest thing that he had to do was ace those interviews because, mm-hmm. Connor, I got it all laid out for me. We officially have everything here from Lance Airlines. So the reason why he left USC is he pleaded guilty to second-degree misdemeanor charge of commercial burglary. burglary. He had broken into a restaurant after hours, went to a junior college for one year, and then came to Arizona State. He was there uh, in 2019, 2020, and 2021, but he only played one game in 2020 because of a suspension for violating team rules. So his biggest thing was acing those interviews, and I wasn't in the room, so I couldn't tell you how well he did or didn't do. However, there was an interesting comparison that I told you, and if he even remotely sniffs this upside, then you're talking about the steal of the draft. They had, I saw this on Twitter. I can't remember who it was, but they said that Jack Jones is Marcus Peters Jr. And there are there are a few qualities that I think are comparable. One, they're both knuckleheads. <laughs> let's let's just totally be real there for a second. They're both knuckleheads. They're they're you either love them or you hate them if they're on your team. So, but they also have like really really good ball skills because one of the things that Zerland pointed out is that he's a natural guy to attack the ball with his hands. And I mean, that showed in the combine when he was doing like the the different drills and the the gauntlet specifically. The ball just naturally comes to his hand like a receiver. So he's one of those guys where he's not the biggest dude on the field, and maybe he's not the nastiest press guy or off-coverage guy. But I'll tell you what, when that ball's in the air, I like Jack Jones' capability to come down with some kind of play. So I thought it was an interesting comparison. Is that my comparison? No, not at all. They're two totally different builds and athletes. But in terms of mentality, both from a personal aspect and from a player aspect, I can totally understand how we connect those dots. But let's go ahead and move on to the final player for the Arizona State Sun Devils that was at the Combine, and that is longtime starter Chase Lucas. Connor, break it down. Yeah, now Chase Lucas essentially was kind of the opposite of what Jack Jones did. Had a much better combine overall. While the 40 was not necessarily his, uh, like the uh, one of the better 40s of the corner group, it was good for Chase Lucas, right? And I want to say he ran into low four fives his first attempt and was uh, just below that the second one. So uh, definitely better to see him improve the second time there. Uh, even though, again, he did not necessarily have one of the top times, I thought that was a win for him. Uh, now, as far as the uh, uh, bench press goes, he did not participate in that. Vertical and broad jump, he did much better in these. He had 39 inches for the vertical jump. Uh, for, uh, only behind two other guys, uh, Tariq Woolen had the uh, the lead for corners at 42 inches. So not that far off, showing some great athleticism there. And then also for his broad jump, came third uh, at 10 foot, 8 inches, uh, only behind by just a, a couple inches off the lead. So uh, great, great week for Chase Lucas overall. Uh, a guy that I, I think teams like. I'm not sure anyone's going to really use the word love around Chase Lucas, but guy's got a lot of experience, and even in college, uh, even in the Pac-12. I think that's going to come in handy uh, for the right team. As long as he gets a defensive coordinator that can put him in the right positions to succeed, I think Lucas can have some success at the NFL level. I would totally agree with you. So the, the thing is, is, he's not one of those guys that totally jumps off the page as like this freaky, unreal upside of a player. I mean, he played five years at Arizona State. He's the all-time uh, career uh, game leader for Arizona State football. 
He had really good production in his time. I was kind of surprised with the measurables. I thought that he was going to be closer to six foot. And I mean, 5'11 is obviously close to six foot. But I mean, like I was expecting him to be at six foot, if not a little bit taller. Coming at 180 is also kind of a surprise. I knew he was kind of slender, but I didn't think he was going to be that slight of frame. It's a solid 40 time for him, a 448, but at that size, you clearly he's not he's not someone with the long or deep speed to continuously play as like a starting corner, at least not until he makes some adjustments to be a better cover man all around. But the bright side is he is a team leader and he clearly has the football knowledge here to be a difference maker. For Lance Zerline's uh Lance Zerline's conversation here talks about uh, the amount of football snaps that he has. He mentions here, Lucas plays in off coverages, which is likely for the best considering his lack of strength and long speed, typically trusts his eyes and has traits to make plays on the football. Both of those I would agree with because he did he did have some ball, uh, ball play skills while he was with the Sun Devils, both in deflecting the ball, tracking the ball, and intercepting the ball at times, even though he didn't have an interception this past year. But he's also a, just a very good mover, with a receiver, like he does a really good job to mirror match what they're trying to do. It's just a matter of like his athletic upside is very, very limited. So from that standpoint, I'm just not sure how high Chase Lucas could possibly be here, but we do like that upside bare minimum. So anyways, that is going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of the Locked on Sun Levels podcast. Thank you guys again so much for staying for a whole 38 minute episode of the Locked on Sun Devils. We really appreciate it. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts, whether that's Google Podcasts, Odyssey, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts on an audio platform. Me and Connor are there Monday through Friday, giving you the best Sun Devils content in the whole world. We are also available on YouTube. If you would like to like the video, subscribe, make leave a comment, any of that good stuff, yeah, we're on YouTube. You want to see our beautiful faces, go ahead and subscribe to us there. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter, myself at RichieBrads36, Connor at Cedrios. And while you're there, follow the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. Go ahead and make your second listen now, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. Just like the Locked On Sun Devils, it's free and available on all platforms. And until next time, you keep it locked right here. Unlocked on Sun Doubles.